Hello, all you beautiful Misfits and Rejects out there. Thank you for joining me for episode 101 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, we hear from Whitney. Whitney is a special guest because on my way to Thailand from Germany, from Munich, Germany, I was standing in line waiting to check in, and there was a woman standing in front of me who looked very familiar. And if any of you have been following me for a long time, I talk about in past episodes how, for me, one of the signposts that I use when I travel around the world is bumping into people that I know and had a fondness for at some point in my past. Whitney seemed very familiar to me, even though I couldn't put my finger on how we knew each other. And when I approached her, I asked, did we know each other? And she felt that we did, but again, she couldn't figure it out either. And it took her and myself considering it the whole way from Munich, Germany to Thailand, how we might know each other. And she figured it out. And what happened was, is that she had a car that she packed up and drove across America. I happened to be in America working with uh, alternative retail for a Tom sale. She pulled into town, answered our ad for temporary workers, worked with us for one day, hated it, and moved on. And our encounter didn't last more than an hour because I probably put her straight to work, zip-tying shoes. But for me, again, putting it together and then just seeing her in this transition in my life, you know, moving to Thailand, really pursuing my hopes and dreams and designing my life in the way I want was just such a beautiful signpost for me that I'm on the right path. And I had to bring her on because I mean, what a magical moment to share with just another human being who's on another path, designing her life in the way that she wants. And Whitney's really cool and special because she is making her way around the world. She makes her living off of reading tarot cards and she does it online and she makes little videos for her clients and has a very powerful and profound effect on them. And she's developed a lot of her, whatever you want to call it, psychic ability, intuition from uh, profound works that she's done in the Amazon jungle with ayahuasca. So this whole episode is really getting her to share, you know, that experience of honing her intuition through the use of plant medicines and also just getting super inspired to learn that there is really because of this internet, this phenomenon of the internet, you can really create and generate income in so many different ways. And she has an email list of people who are just dying to get readings from her that she can't even keep up with. So it's a really cool, special episode and moment to get her on the show and just hear her story. So I really hope you enjoy it. And just remember to please follow me on Instagram. Instagram, you can follow me in my adventures as I continue to design my life in the way I want as I strive to become, you know, full-time digital nomad. You can support Misfits and Rejects on Patreon. Patreon's a platform that fans of Misfits and Rejects can donate any money amount they want. That's Misfits and Rejects at Patreon. As well, what really helps me out is that you just subscribe to Misfits and Rejects. You know, pull out your phone right now, hit the subscribe button if you're a first-time listener, and, you know, commenting on your podcast player. This all helps in the rankings of, you know, the powers that be and gets Misfits and Rejects out there and, and just really helps me out in the long run. So I appreciate you, and I hope you really enjoy this episode with Whitney. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. 
Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I have a very special guest, a signpost in my life, somebody that I bumped into a few years back in a random place in America who just happened to be on my flight over to Bangkok and it took us a second to figure out how we knew each other. But once we did, I instantly knew that I was on the right path and I instantly knew that she had to come on my podcast and tell me a little bit about herself. So today's episode, we have Whitney, who is from Spiritual Escapades, who does some incredible things with ayahuasca and um, shamanism and astrological tarot readings and all these things that I don't know tons about, which is why I want to bring her on. And this is how she gets around the world, makes her living and gets to live this really cool nomadic life. So with that said, Whitney, welcome to the show. Hey, Chapin. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, man. It's so cool to have you. It's just such a pleasure to see your face in the airport and be like, I know that. Person. <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced. I was like, how? I was thinking of every group I belong to. I was like, how do I know this man? <laughs> how did you figure it out? Because you're the one who you came to. I, it, it just popped into my head. I was like, because oh, I remember you. You were so kind. <laughs> you were okay. just somebody that, that stuck out. So, yeah, it's perfect. So, yeah, so the audience knows how we met. Whitney was on a cross-country drive in a van that she built out to live in and stopped in a Minneapolis and worked at one of our Tom sales. How long did you work the whole time with us or just the beginning or end? No, I, I just worked a day. A day. Um, that, that was too much for me. I was like, okay. this is hard work. <laughs> is that, that's because we were zip-tying shoes, right? Yeah, exactly. Right on. No, I, I remember I, I felt like it wasn't that long because I just had this, like, you left an impression on me as well. And anyways, super cool that uh, we're now connected and we'll be hanging out soon up in Chiang Mai. I'm in Bangkok. She's in Chiang Mai. And we're going to have a nice conversation. Absolutely. So can you explain then, um, let's see here. You, so you do shamanism. You you. You also, do, you also do online tarot reading. Why don't we mm-hmm. start with the shamanism aspect? Because I know you spent a lot of years studying um, these plant medicines and how they can help people with fear, depression, just life in general, and how you've incorporated that into your own life and, and helping people. Yeah, well, I think with anything in life, you can't really offer advice without kind of experiencing it yourself. So I was living this life in New York City, um, And there was kind of this low underlying depression. I had kind of achieved everything I I set out to to get, so to speak, you know, all my goals. I looked around one day and I kind of had everything I wanted and I realized I didn't want any of it. It was I was bored, you know, and nothing kind of uh, sparked my passion. So I came across this uh, National Geographic um, documentary one time and it was about ayahuasca and I was like huh that's very very interesting and at the time did you ever date somebody and you're like who how the fuck did I date that person (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) so I was dating this person they were like this PhD hedge fundy pharmaceutical advisor type person and I, I talked about ayahuasca and they were like you know Whitney if this actually worked, don't you think all of the pharmaceutical companies in the world would package this and box it into a pill? And I was like, no way, you know, it just doesn't work like that. Look, it's it's a spiritual experience, you know, you need a shaman, all this stuff. And they're like, don't be naive, don't be ignorant. And I was like, you know what, I'm out of here, I'm going. So so I booked a trip to uh, Iquitos in the jungle of the Amazon in Peru. Um, to kind of investigate. I'm, I'm one of those people that needs to see it, to believe it. So that's what I did. And after that, it kind of changed my life. So I was off and set on this path. 
That's really cool. I, I have had people on in the past who talk about their experiences and all have similar but profound unique ones. Can you share mm-hmm. yours and kind of the insights that this plant medicine gave you? Yeah. Um, so I went there with the intention of kind of finding my purpose in life, which I think a lot of people do. Um, the group I went with, it was kind of full of CEOs, Silicon Valley types, you know, world travelers, uh, doctors, psychologists. So I was really intrigued with the group that I was there with. So I was like, gosh, what's my purpose? You know, these people all have it figure out, figured out and they're trying to, you know, further themselves with the advancement, you know, that ayahuasca provides. So uh, I went in with this intention and at the end of the week-long retreat, it told me, plants. <laughs> I was like, plants? That's that's not helpful. I can't even keep a house plant alive, you know, like <laughs> plants. Um, but slowly and surely, I went back to New York City and literally my life cleared out and, and it became undeniable that I was meant to go back and, and work with these types of plants, <laughs> not house plants. Oh, um, I see. So you're confused on the message originally. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, no, that's not true. I like my life in New York. I'm not dealing with plants. Did so. did at the end of the week you get insight into other people's kind of messages? Because I mean, were they all getting the same message of like work with plants, or were they all very unique? And different? Oh no, totally different. Um, in fact, I actually realized my first trip that I had these um, intuitive uh, psychic abilities or whatever you want to call them because I could go into other people's visions. So. I would see what other people would be going through, and then the next morning they'd share um, without me kind of sharing what I had experienced with them, and it kind of started blowing my mind. I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) you know, um, I can pick up on this, and um, a lot of people had different things. You know, most people are going through some traumatic childhood things, um, a lot to do with fear, you know, going through fear and, and most fear stems from not being able to follow your heart. So, um, you know, it's just these blocks we create for ourselves in our life. So ayahuasca actually helps people, you know, kind of get a different perspective, take a moment and speak to their higher self and uh, work through some even maybe deep, deep seated um, subconscious psychological issues that they didn't even know was holding them back. So, so psychologists say this is, you know, kind of like a, a 10 years of psychotherapy in, in one night. And it, it truly is, you know, it's really helpful for a lot of people. And throughout that whole week, were you doing it multiple times? Or was it just that one night and then you just kind of go through the whole experience throughout the rest of the week? No, it was, um, this was a shorter retreat. It was five nights. I think there was one night where there was a break um, and it was intense. It was in the jungle. The jungle is a, it's it's a whole other beast. So the jungle shamans are known to go straight to the heart of the matter, straight to the heart of your issues. The first night you get there, you get off the plane and you're, you're in there. So it's pretty intense. Um, I've worked in Ecuador and it's a totally different experience in the jungle. Expect to really make some breakthroughs though. So, yeah. Um, can you share the name of the retreat maybe for the audience who might want to travel down there and experience this? Yeah. Um, the first retreat I went to was called, um, blue morpho and, um, this, the other retreats that I, I actually worked at, which I highly recommend, um, my friend Santiago runs this retreat, and it's both Ayahuasca and San Pedro. 
and they also do sweat lodges, which is um, Tema's call, they call them. Um, and his place is called Casa del Sol Vilcabamba. It's in Vilcabamba, Ecuador, this little, cute little town where the Incans all used to live to be 100 years old. It's called the City of Longevity. It's this magical little place. So I always recommend this place, too. So Incredible. Can you also, if you wouldn't mind giving like perspective on like a cost for a retreat like this? Um, um Sure. The first place I went to was uh, absurdly uh, nice and also expensive. Um, it was about 2500 or 2700 for a week. Uh, most places, though, like my friend Santiago's places, around 1500 for two weeks. So um, expect to pay anywhere between there. So, And that's all yeah. inclusive? They take care of your food, your accommodations, yep. everything for the whole week? Yeah, everything's included. You get yoga and, you know, treks to do, you know, visit pink dolphins if you're in the jungle or go fishing, all that stuff. Yeah. Sounds incredible. And you mentioned uh, another plant medicine, San Pedro. Can you maybe take us through the plant medicines that you study and you studied, you know, and because mm-hmm. you've, you've mentioned male and female plants, you know, I think for someone <laughs> like me who doesn't really understand what that means, um, can you describe the different effects a male plant might have versus a female plant? <laughs> Sure. Ayahuasca is known as kind of the mother of the jungle. Um, so uh, her consciousness is totally different than um, what you would expect to receive from something like San Pedro. So Ayahuasca is known to do deep, deep internal work, as is San Pedro. But San Pedro, um, you do it during the daytime. You're not at, in, at night where you're not speaking. San Pedro is during the day. You're with your peers And it's kind of realizing that we are all connected and we're all going through very similar experiences. You know, my experience working with San Pedro is quite magical in that, you know, we'd get these groups of people that would come together at the same time. You know, one time we had a group of everybody was over 50 and they happened to come to the exact same retreat, you know, 25 of them. And it was just like amazing. And um, I learned so much from this group. And um, it's all about, you know, talking about what you've been through and um, why you're there to heal. You can speak, you can have conscious, intelligent conversation. It's not difficult in any way. Same with ayahuasca. You can open your eyes and you can speak and you can have a conversation. It's not like you're in this other world, which is very interesting. You're very conscious of what's going on. It all makes sense. It's not like you're tripping balls, you know, this is, you know, this is kind of like a a higher intelligence that you're experiencing, which is um, kind of shocking for a lot of people. And uh, with San Pedro, you can, um, if you have a great shaman, they can really uh, do wonders. So um, I've seen a lot of people that come for uh, drug abuse. Um, I've seen some people come for um, <laughs> alien abduction. They've been abducted by aliens. They've come to heal. It was tra- traumatic. <laughs> um, I've seen people that have come for a maraud of, of reasons. It's like as varying as those two examples. So it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting day to sit in a circle with these people. I would imagine. Do you feel that most people walk away healed from these experiences? 
Um, yeah, that was my best, the best part about working at a retreat center. You know, I would see people that would come in and you, you, you could barely give them a hug at the beginning. And at the end, they'd leave with a renewed sense of, you know, spirit. They'd leave giving everybody hugs, calling them brother, sister, goodbye, thank you. You know, and these are lifelong friends. So not only are you kind of going through this own metamorphosis of your own growth, but you're also creating a community. And I think a lot, especially in America, what we're missing is this sense of, you know, community. That's what people are really, you know, feeling more alone than ever. Um, so it's, it's a really wonderful part of the process, too. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And I, I can relate to, you know, wanting to be a part of a community and that just just even working on these, this online project that I've been on for like the last two years, just wanting to be around more like-minded people who understand mm-hmm. the trials and tribulations I'm going through, who have the successes and the failures, like just mm-hmm. so necessary in the process, I think. And you're not an island. You have to, I think, always be around people. And if you're lucky enough to be on like-minded people, it's that much more beneficial. Yeah, and a lot of people have a lot, a lot of trouble asking for help. So when you're in this situation where you're going through this deep, you know, personal, spiritual transformation, you're sharing, you're talking, you're in group sessions during the daytime, you're processing, you know, it's, it's inevitable that you open up and um, really make deep, deep connections, which is, it is rare to find these days, for sure, yeah. And so, I mean, you also have experience with Ibogaine, um, so it sounds like mm-hmm. San Pedro's male, uh, mm-hmm. Ayahuasca's female, and right. is Ibogaine male or female? I don't know. Um, I've worked with peyote as well, and peyote is the grand, great-grandfather of <laughs> these plants. So I think it goes by age and the way you feel. So when you're on peyote and when you've consumed um, uh San Pedro, you feel like very deeply rooted to the ground. And it's also, you know, this, this cactus, that's very like phallic. So I feel like these are all factors and describing it as male or female. Um, so yeah, I don't know. No, that makes sense. Totally. I did hear one podcast with a guy describing Ibogaine as the male, because the way it delivers information is more masculine, where it kind of mm. beats you over the head with it, where ayahuasca is a little bit more nurture, nurturing and kind of guides you through this emotional turmoil so i don't know it sounded, it sounded kind of unique in the way you described it yeah that makes sense <laughs> absolutely so then you did this for a few years though you were living in ecuador peru you spent time in mexico just really studying and and enveloping or developing this kind of shamanistic uh treatment that you help people with so do you deliver these medicines to people on a regular no. or what's How's that incorporated into your business model now? No, no. Um, sometimes people ask me about it because I do talk about it um, quite openly. Um, it's kind of a, a slightly taboo now, although I did have a lot of friends contact me recently when CNN published a very um, big study about ayahuasca, you know, really helps people with depression. So, you know, after all these years of trying to explain it to my friends, how, how beneficial it's been to me and them kind of looking at me like I'm, I'm nuts and uh, kooky and I joined a cult. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're like, wow, I read it in CNN. You know, tell me more about it. I'm like, ah, come on. I've been telling you about this for years. <laughs> That's so funny. They need CNN to tell them it's good. Not their like, good friend, Whitney. No, exactly. <laughs> um, let's dive then into more about you know spiritual escapades and your online presence with your clients because 
you do personalized tarot readings and astrological readings. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, with ayahuasca, ayahuasca is, um, I'm relating it to ayahuasca because I, I attribute it attribute it to this, my plant medicine, um, being able to do this work. So ayahuasca, what happens when you consume it, um, it contains, um, dimethyltryptamine, which is naturally occurring in your brain and your pineal gland. And it is released when you die and when you're born and when you're dreaming. So science kind of wrote it off as, you know, it doesn't mean anything, you know, why is it there? You know, there's no real explanation. But dimethyltryptamine exists in literally every plant. Just some plants have more. It's kind of our connecting fiber in this world, this one simple, very simple compound that connects everything. And the shamans discovered this way to combine these two plants somehow thousands of years ago, boil them for 24 hours, um, and then reboil it. And um, it creates this MAOI inhibitor in your stomach to block the, um, you know, what would normally be, um, th- th- there's a normal blocks in your stomach that wouldn't allow it to reach your pineal gland. Anyways, um, so there's this experience that happens for five hours um, where you can really work through some things. Um, you can see a lot of different consciousnesses and uh, experience kind of a whole new world. Um, so I attribute my opening up and being able to kind of feel and see energy to this constant um, opening up of my my consciousness. So, um, yeah, I started doing tarot reading a long time ago in New York City. I studied with the curator of the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art, um, and uh, he taught me wonderful ways to read tarot and to interpret it. And um, I always kind of had this skill. So... Um, you know, living in the jungle for a little while, I had um, this problem with my throat, and I couldn't speak. My my mind and my words weren't quite fitting together. I would always trip over my words when I spoke, and um, it led me to start to practice public speaking, and this was a way I decided to do it. I was like, you know what? I need to get out of my shell. I need to not be so shy anymore. I need, I have stuff to say and I need to practice and figure out a way to do it. So I was like, you know what? I, I do tarot. Let me practice this. And I, I just started doing monthly tarot readings. And next thing I knew, three months later, I had like 15 or 14,000 subscribers. And I was like, oh, well, everybody wants a reading now. And it became, it just, it wasn't what I set out to do. I don't have a website. Um, it just kind of fell into place. And I also had the intention to travel and, and make this sustainable. So the universe stepped in. <laughs> That's incredible. So you started a YouTube channel where you monthly would read a tarot reading for just the general public or somebody specific, and you had you start, people started following you that way? Um, I would do it. I broke it down by signs. So if you were, your sun signs a Taurus, a Virgo, or a Capricorn, you know what I'm saying? So everybody would have their own and. uh then they started commenting, and then they'd watch for their significant other and comment on the other video. So <laughs> I guess the analytics picked up, and a lot of people started following. And then and then what? Would you pitch people on your YouTube channel, or they contacted you directly through YouTube and said, hey, would you mind doing this for me? Yeah, no, I didn't pitch it. And then I, I did get some you know comments in my comments section about, do you do readings? So I started putting just my email address in the description box, and... That's all I've been doing since then, and 
so far, I, you know, I have a little bit of a queue. So it's, it's nice. It allows me to travel and live comfortably. I mean, yeah, because you, do you mind sharing how much you charge for an hour? Yeah, I charge uh, $40 for half an hour and then $80 an hour. So, um, yeah. And then what does the, the customer receive from you when, when they do get this reading? Um, so typically I'll go uh, into meditation before I do their reading and um, I'll ask the client to send me a list of their questions in order of most importance. Uh, usually I can get through a lot of questions and um, I'll go into meditation, see, you know, ask my guides, angels, spirits <laughs> for guidance and uh, kind of channel a little bit for them and then pull out my tarot cards and they usually always confirm um, exactly what I'm saying. You know, I have a bunch of de- different decks. I'm actually thinking about creating my own deck because uh, I'm an artist. Um, but yeah, I'll just, that's exactly what I'll do. Um, and yeah. So they'll contact you via email with, with questions and then you say, okay, you go in your meditation and then you what? You create an audio um, recording of an- and answer their questions for them or like a video. Like how does that um, work? I- a video because I just feel like my voice is very like sometimes I feel like you can probably go to sleep on my voice (laughs) so I like to I like to have animation and like hand movements and I like people to really feel my enthusiasm with their reading like no you do follow your heart do this open this because look at the cards they're saying this if they're saying it will be successful so a lot of the time it is pushing through this barrier of fear and it's nice to have this confirmation sometimes so yeah 100%. 100%. And so you, you said you had a line of people with, I mean, you can't even keep up with emails now and, and they're just paying you via PayPal and then you, you get yeah. around the world that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was traveling with some friends last month and they were just like, you know, we're in this beautiful place, Whitney. You don't come out because you're working all the time. What are you doing? So it's done a little bit of a balance. You know, I do need to learn to say no to some but I, I really enjoy doing it right now. Um, and, yeah, it helps me travel, and I'm really grateful. I have a lot of gratitude for it and That's all the incredible. people. Can I ask how long you've been doing this for? Like how long has this been sustaining your life on the road? Um, yeah. Uh, I started studying tarot a long time ago. Um, I did a few readings in Ecuador, but nothing, like, very persistent. Um, it's only been the last few months, so I would say six months since I started doing this really full time. Okay, cool. And um, mm-hmm. when was the last time you were in the States? Because, I mean, we, we met on the plane from Munich to Bangkok, so you were in Europe. Yep. Um, I left the States uh, right after the summer because I was living in Cape Cod, and it was nice. So <laughs> um, my grandfather had passed away, and I learned that he was kind of the Grand Master 33rd degree uh, Grand Mason. So there's definitely an occult you know, link in my family, a spiritual link. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's heavy, dude. Can we talk a little bit about that? Like, how much do you know and how much, like, can you talk about <laughs> about this Grandmaster Wizard Basin of your your grandfather? Yeah, I, I don't know much except, I mean, it's all very secret, but I was living in Cape Cod, and this is where he lived, and um, going through some of his things, like, literally everything was masonic um everything had a symbol i was going through i don't want to go to too much detail but i was it's definitely fascinating for me um definitely a different consciousness than i have but i i appreciate his vision um and he did actually did a lot of good in the world um he spent his entire life giving back 
Um, I don't know the details. Obviously, I'm a woman um, about Masonic traditions, but they're definitely uh, very different. Yes, I don't Got know. it. Got it. Um, so it sounds like it's it's all males and. It's a secret society of males. I mean, I've heard through just like random movies, like what is it, a uh, national treasure, or whatever, with uh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's really all I know. I should look it up. But so it sounds like it's a secret society of males who have influence in this world. Is that correct? Oh yeah, at his funeral it was like literally a, a, a community of bankers. I mean, and. You know, all these, it's definitely about ceremony, which I can relate to, but, you know, there's this next level where we had to give back his sacred jewels, um, where, you know, they have all these, ah, I can't even go in. There's so much. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, that's uh, cool. I'm just going to touch upon one more question because that's <laughs> fascinating. So you are burying your grandfather and then some other grand wizard who you do or do not know comes up and demands his jewels. <laughs> no, um, uh, but it's just known that you give back um, what belongs within the society, I think. So he acquired these over his rise within the whatever fraternity, and you're, you're just supposed to give it back. So I know there was this whole thing about we had to find the jewels. We have to find the jewels. So Jesus. So that's so interesting. I got to do some more research on this. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. um, can you share what you you know, you had mentioned achieving a lot of everything you had ever wanted to achieve prior to going on this kind of spiritual path back in New York. What were those things? Yeah, well, um, you know, my path started really young. I left home at 13. I was a really great swimmer. Um, so I went to this school where, you know, every country around the world, would, their governments would send their best swimmer. Um, so I met all these amazing people. You know, one of my good friends is actually you know, a Thai kind of like ambassador. She was from Thailand. She was my roommate at one of these, uh, one of the years there. Um, but anyways, I met all these different people, all these different cultures, and I kind of got the, the taste for travel. Um, and, uh, after that I went to Berkeley to study. I studied, um, I took a lot of classes of meditation, mysticism in the mind and art classes. <laughs> Berkeley's known for, uh, their very different classes, which it suited me <laughs> at the time. And, um, then I moved to New York. I worked on television shows. I went back to school for interior design. I did interior design for a little bit. Um, I worked in fashion and every time I would do a new kind of profession I do my best and then I just kind of get bored and fall flat and like this isn't fulfilling or that's not fulfilling and um I was in this place uh you know living downtown on off of wall street had a fancy apartment saltwater pool and I was just like this is boring this is this isn't what I want so I went went down to the jungle and lived in on a dirt floor (laughs) apparently that's what I needed (laughs) that's awesome so how far did you go with your swimming did you take it all the way to the olympics um, no, I, I ended up quitting right before, but I was consistently, you know, top 10 in the world um, for my event, which was sprint freestyle. So, um, yeah, I took it pretty far. Berkeley is, you know, the, the best school in, in the country to swim. It's hard. That's where so. you swam at Berkeley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You Absolutely. had a full ride, full scholarship? No. Um, Berkeley women's swimming, I mean, unless you have a world record, basically, you know, women's sports aren't really well funded. So, I didn't have one, and there's only three on the team, so <laughs> it's hard when you're a woman uh, athlete. Yeah. And then that uh, academy that you were going to for swimming prior when you left home at 13 was that the one in Florida? 
Yeah, it was in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a, I played at soccer at UCLA, and we had a lot of kids coming from that academy as well for soccer. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. That's interesting. I mean, wow, what a path you've... I mean, sounds like you're very... Well, you're, you're an achiever in everything you do, so I'm assuming you're taking uh, this spiritual path in the same way. I mean, do you find it different in the way you're kind of approaching this new path in life? Um, uh, um, yeah. I, I feel like it's less in my control, and I have to trust, and I have to look for signs in different ways. Like just seeing you on the air, air um, the... Uh, on the plane here, I mean, this is a sign and I have to be more gentle. It's not like I can control this in some sort of way. I have to hope that I clients come my way. I have to kind of rely on the universe for support, which is really uncomfortable sometimes, you know, <laughs> especially, I mean, I guess that comes with anybody that works for themselves, but. Um, well, I mean, it also sounds with your achievements that you've always kind of realized, like taking responsibility for what you wanted got you what you wanted, you know, like you're going to be a great yeah. swimmer, so you went and did it. Yeah, you know, I take I take it it seriously. You know, people do come for me and they take everything literally. But I I enjoy putting power back into the hands of people. I always tell people I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, these are what the cards suggest. But there's always free will. It's it's never guaranteed. And if it's it's not the outcome you wanted, there's always you know a, a way for you to change it. You can change you know the way you do things. And I hope you do to get what you want. You know, it's all about putting control back into people's hands because some people think, you know, it's faded. You know, uh, I can't do this. It's what I've always done. You know, this is what my father did. Or, you know, it's it's time to break cycles. It's time to follow your heart. Um, so it's about empowering people, really, um, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, how do your parents feel about it? Um, my parents are supportive. Um, I think they're actually about to take their own trip to Blue Morpho in the jungle. My mom visited me and in Ecuador and did ayahuasca with me. Uh, my mom knows about my tarot reading and they're all super supportive. They're actually helping me taking care of my dogs right now. So I'm really grateful. I have really supportive parents. They're, they're hippies too. So. Okay. That's kind of interesting. I guess I wouldn't have thought that considering how accomplished you were as such a young adult, you know, you get a lot of parents pushing their kids and um, it sounds like you kind of just were always on your own path and they just supported you in the direction you went. Yeah, yeah. No, they were always very supportive, so I appreciate them. And they, yeah, we've kind of evolved together. I guess that's kind of how it goes sometimes. If you're, you have really supportive parents, they kind of get interested in what you're interested in. And they're like, oh, okay, let's try that. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was that experience like doing ayahuasca with your mom? I think I'd be horrified. <laughs> it was great. You know, um, she came to... Um, I think just to support me, I think she was curious, but, um, it was, it was great. I I appreciated the support so much. Um, and you know, for her, nothing really happened much. I think she came for more physical, um, hopes of healing, which I, I think she, she mentioned really did help her. Um, but now she's going back and I think going to the jungle, her and my father, I mean, you can't help but get breakthroughs if you go to the jungle, you know, so. Why the jungle? I mean, why is it so significant? Uh, why, <laughs> why does it change so significantly if you're in the jungle versus, say, like L.A.? Oh, gosh. Oh, um, L.A., yeah, no. Um, it's it's a whole different beast. I mean, I've, I've done a ceremony in, well, I'm not going to say, but... Um, they they do it changes 
Jungle shamans are just so powerful. I just want to say that. This is where it's from. This is where it grows. This is where it was, you know, discovered. They have this lineage of, you know, passed on knowledge. They can just... They can just blow smoke on you and tell you what you need to work on. You know, they have tobaccaros, you know, people that just drink tobacco and they become one with the plant. So this is a healing plant for them. I mean, there's so many plants down there that uh, they use and they put in their ayahuasca for visionary effects because some people really need to see it instead of just feeling it and knowing it. There's something about seeing it with your eyes, knowing it for sure. That's it's really um, transformative. And this happens in the jungle, so. Okay. No, that makes sense, for sure. I mean, concrete jungle versus tropical jungle, you'll probably find, you know, something profound in both places. But uh, I yeah. guess maybe it could be, uh, I don't want to say deeper, but finding the connection, I guess, with the Mother Earth would be more easily found in the jungle. Yeah, absolutely. The jungle is, like, so connected in and, in and of itself, you know. Everything relies on everything. Everything eats everything, you know. It's this... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a whole new experience. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's awesome. So as you walk now down this path, you're now in Chiang Mai, you've, you're traveling full time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan? Are you, are you trying to make your way through Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, kind of as the typical traveler does in this area region, or are you just really just winging it and just have no plans? I really wing it all the time. I thought about going to Nepal before I came here or Morocco. So these are very different places. (laughs) But my family is going to be here in November. So I was like, you know what, let me just come to Thailand early, see what Thailand has to offer. Um, And Chiang Mai came up last week. I was like, oh, it happens to be the digital nomad capital. Hey, I think I'm one. So. (laughs) And when you say came up, you mean in a reading? Like you're kind of relying on your tarot cards to... Guy no, here. no, no, in my research. I wish it came up on a reading. I wish it was that easy. Okay, okay, that's great. So did you get a one-month visa or two months? Uh, I didn't get a visa. I guess I'll have to get one, so... Uh, no, well, you get one when you land, you get 30 days, but you could you could have preemptively, while in the States or in Germany, gotten a, a two-month, so when you landed, you automatically had two months. Oh, um, so I will be extending it. Yep, that's cool. <laughs> I've done that here. It's it's pretty easy. It takes about a day though to sit there. Oh, okay. It's kind of boring. Okay, shoot. Well, that's awesome, Whitney. Thank you. I mean, for sharing these incredibly profound experiences. I had one lady talk about her experience in um, Ecuador as well, and you know, sometimes I'm a little bit I don't say harsh, but I'm like, you know, I hear these people, but they can never articulate the experiences in a way that makes sense to me. They always just say, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's so profound. It changed my life." And I was like, give me a good concrete example of how it changed your life. And she says, you know, before I went and did this, um, I had to wear glasses. I wore glasses my whole life. Uh seeing. And she's like, when I came out, I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I have 20-20 vision. I was like, bullshit. And she's like, I swear to God, I don't know what happened, but it did. I can see perfectly now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had one lady that came down. She had her cancer screening right before she came and one ceremony she shook the entire time she said i'm shaking it out they're telling me exactly what's happening and i was like eh sure you know i was there i i was a believer but i still even this level i needed to see it to believe it she she sent us her results a month later she was cancer free we were like she was stage 4 wow yeah i read yeah. um i forget his name villalobo i think uh, one spirit medicine 
Okay. And he talks about just being ridden with parasites because he'd been working with the shamans for years. He's got a PhD in um, like ethnobiology or something like that. And uh-huh. before getting treatment, he went and asked ayahuasca what he should do and gave him the answer. And, you know, he did Western medicine in combination with plant medicine. And yeah, he's fine now. He's got no holes in his liver, no holes in his brain anymore from all the various parasites that have been burrowing into him for so many years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the the biggest biohacker known, you know, Dave Asprey, who runs Bulletproof Coffee, He's he talks about how he does ayahuasca, uh, did it 20 years ago. You know, these are ways to get healthier. Yeah, I'm definitely in, I think, a better place in my life to be more open to it. It's always, I kind of was raised with the idea of, you know, psychedelics being um, something that could alter me mentally forever like unchangeably Mm -hmm. so i've always kind of had a fear of them dabbled in you know mushrooms and whatnot but um i think i'm more receptive and willing to walk down that path and just see what i can learn about myself so i'm looking forward to that experience when it presents itself at the right time yeah absolutely and it's not it's not always for everybody you know sometimes we we ask people you know if they have severe depression or schizophrenia because you know, it is not for everybody, and um, it's important to know that. You know, don't just go down there because some lady on the podcast said it was a, a transformative experience. Only go if it speaks to you, you know. Right. Absolutely. A buddy of mine, I'm going to just use this one more example, um, had clinical, was clinically depressed and went there and tried to help himself with the plant medicine. And his vision was that he was a... Um, a spoke in this like wheel that was of life that was or a psychological wheel he said that he was kind of creating and duplicating on his own and all he had to do was remove himself from it and he would not be depressed anymore I'm not doing it justice but it was more or less he, he saw himself creating this within his own mind and all he had to do was remove this one little aspect of what he was doing and he came out and he said he hasn't had to take his medication since so oh yeah yeah absolutely it's great for depression it's really great yeah. You know, you obviously have done a lot of work on yourself. Um, what could you give our audience as far as like maybe encouragement, motivation to take that first step out into the unknown, uh, challenge themselves with, you know, facing their fears um, just to help them maybe take that first step into the that lifestyle that they, they've always dreamed of having? Well, I think any CEO, any successful, Whoa. successful person whoa careful with your words dude (laughs) take it seriously take your life into your hands (laughs) um the first step i mean is the most intimidating but in my experience nature the universe rewards risk takers um there's this I'm going to butcher this, but there's this old proverb, uh, Native American proverb, and it's like the true warriors are warriors of the heart, people that really think with their heart first. It's infinitely more intelligent than your brain. Your brain will make up a million reasons why not to do this or that. Um, But we're here on this planet to live happy, fulfilling, exciting lives. So if you're not feeling this way, I invite you to kind of take a look and see what risk could you take? What small steps could you take? Even by speaking in small little hints to the universe, it's almost like law of attraction, you know, brush your hand with the other teeth and tell the universe you want to change, you know, you want to shake it up in your life, (laughs) you know, make the steps to um, get what you want and, and identify it. A lot of people forget to dream. They forget to 
even think about the possibilities. They're, they're kind of um, complacent. Um, and for me, this kind of creates stagnancy in, in Native American culture and Chinese medicine, stagnancy in the body. This creates disease, uncomfortableness. So I invite everybody to kind of uh, think about what they can do to make their life happier and be willing to to take that responsibility into their own hands, like the thunder said. <laughs> well said, Whitney. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Wow, what a cool lady, Whitney. I mean, it's just been a pleasure talking to you and, and hearing your story and, and gives me hope and inspiration that, you know, that, again, I can succeed in the little niche that I've created for myself of um, you know, surf consulting online, this podcast, growing it into a, a place that you know, can be, become financially viable. So thank you again for coming on. We appreciate you. I hope you know, this inspired you as the audience to really think about your life and take those steps forward in a direction that you start you maybe designing that life that you've always dreamed of, maybe that life that you know, people were always telling you was the wrong one, but for you it's correct. It's the right path for you. And please remember to follow me on Instagram. Please subscribe right now on your phone to Misfits and Rejects. And if you feel like it, you want to support Misfits and Rejects, you can do it on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com, type in Misfits and Rejects. We'll come up. Any amount donated is super helpful, but nothing is expected. I really appreciate you. I love doing this every Monday for you guys. So please keep listening. I hope you're getting some value out of it. And with that said, I want you to remember, I think you all are so very beautiful. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it the perfect one for you and I'll see you next time